The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, everyone. So great to be with you again online and to come around God's Word together. If this is your first time and you're joining us today, um, just to give you a bit of a heads up, this is our third week in our I Am God series where we've been exploring the I Am statements of Jesus, which are found in the Gospel of John. Um, there are eight of these, and they're all incredibly profound um, and insightful about Jesus' identity. And interestingly, uh, it's probably for these statements more than any other thing that our culture really finds it hard to embrace uh, the claims of Christianity. Um, our culture feels that Christianity's claims are arrogant, they're exclusive, they're narrow-minded. But the problem is it's not with Christianity or with Christians that ultimately our culture has a problem. It's with Jesus because it is Jesus that makes these claims that are exclusive, that seem to be arrogant. And that would only be true if Jesus wasn't who he claimed to be. And that's what we will see in this series, that every single one of these statements implies suggests, teaches, confirms, whatever the word is, Jesus certainly is saying that He is God Himself. Now, if that wasn't true, then Jesus would be no different to all the other Messiah figures that have littered history who've made this claim. And so part of the challenge for us is to look at each of these claims and see if Jesus lives up to them, that if Jesus can back up and support the validity of the claim that He's making. So this morning, we're looking at our third I am statement, which is I am the gate. And to be honest, uh, preparing this message was really difficult and challenging. Um, it, it's, it's in John chapter 10, alongside the Good Shepherd, uh, which often a lot of people focus on and, and the gates kind of overlooked. The other thing that made it hard was it's not exactly one of the big gun I am statements. You know what I mean? Last week, we looked at, I am the light of the world. The week before that, we talked about, I am the bread of life. I mean, these are amazing statements. And then we will continue to look as we move forward in our series at statements like, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are the big gun statements that people are often familiar with. I'm the gate. Uh, you're probably like me going, what does that even mean? And, and uh, how is that relevant or significant to us? But the more I looked into it, the more encouraged I was, the more challenged I was. And I trust and pray that you will be equally encouraged and challenged by this statement uh, as much as you are with all the other ones. So let me pray and we'll jump into our passage. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come around your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for these incredible statements that he made, which, Lord, at one level are quite confronting, but at another level are so encouraging uh, and so uh, uh, clarifying and confirming to us who Jesus really is. And so we pray that as we engage with this statement today, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our eyes to see and hear Jesus for who he really is, that we might come to worship him and adore him and surrender to him more fully. Help me to communicate this message faithfully, that your people might be edified and that your name might be glorified in Jesus' name. So the I am statement is found in John chapter 10 and uh, we will see that it's kind of mixed in with the shepherd metaphor. Uh, and so to give us that context, I want to read from verse 1 all the way down to verse 10. 
And so uh, if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there and grab them and follow along, or you can uh, follow along on the screen as the, the text will be up on the screen. And this is what it says, John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow, follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So let's think about why Jesus used this metaphor of a gate. Well, I think there are two reasons. One is because of what the gate offers us. In other words, what Jesus as the gate is offering us. And the second reason, I think, is because Jesus wants us to come to a point of decision. And I think all of the I am statements of Jesus do this. They, they bring us to a point of decision. And that decision is, who do we really think Jesus is? Who do we really believe that He is? And can He support the claim that He's making? This statement is no different. So let's firstly look at the offer. What does the gate offer us? Well, in a very simple sense, it's security. The gate offers us security. It's a metaphor, an image that can conveys security, and Jesus as the gate is offering Himself as our guardian. So let's think about gates for a minute. And when you think about a, a gate metaphor, the picture that probably comes to your mind is something like this. Now, this is a picture of a gate uh, in Sri Lanka, in, in the north of Sri Lanka, in Jaffna. Um, my family and I were there earlier this year, and we saw many gates like this. They were uh, amazing. They were intricate. They were ornate. They were beautiful. They were painted really well, designed uh, very, very um, beautifully. But in some of the houses that we drove past, they had gates like this, but they had no walls and no fences. And it just made us wonder why on earth you'd have such a beautiful ornate gate when it wasn't actually doing what it was meant to be doing. But in John chapter 10, the image that Jesus wants to convey is of not this kind of gate, but the kind of gate that uh, characterized the sheepfolds of the Middle East in Jesus' time. And they more look like this. This is what a sheepfold in the Middle East look like. And notice that the gate here, there's an opening. There, there is actually no gate. Now, many scholars and commentators note that the reason there was no gate is because the shepherd himself would kind of lie down there at the gate. Uh, and this is kind of what Jesus is alluding to and referring to. It's really interesting because, as one commentator notes, none of the sheep could get out except over 
the shepherd who was lying at the gate at night. And no wolf or no thief or no robber could get into the gate unless he stepped over the, the body of the shepherd. It kind of gives us the idea of that statement that we have in our culture, over my dead body. That's kind of what is conveyed in this metaphor of the gate where Jesus says, I am the gate. It's Jesus that's lying there at the opening to keep the sheep within the sheepfold safe and to keep predators and, and, uh, and anything evil on the outside. And so uh, it's this idea of security that Jesus is offering us. And I think there are two aspects to what Jesus is offering us in this security. Notice what it says as we particularly drill down in verses 7 to 9. It says, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me, notice these words, will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Two aspects of security. One is this idea of eternal security. Uh, the word Jesus use, uses here, they will be saved, is this idea of salvation. Now again, we've probably heard the word saved. Uh, Christians throw that word around a lot. It's become a little bit of a Christian cliche. Are you saved? But it's such a rich word, and the meaning that Jesus wants us to, to grab a hold of is that that word salvation carries the idea of eternal security. And in, if you have an NIV Bible and you look in the margin, it says, or kept safe. And the idea that Jesus wants us to hear is that as the gate, He keeps us safe from the one thing that we should be most afraid of, which is the judgment of God. And the Bible teaches that our sin brings about a consequence of punishment. And again, these are unpopular things uh, for us to be talking about in our culture. But the idea of salvation that Jesus wants to convey here is that we are saved from the wrath of God. We are saved from ever having to spend eternity away from Him. We're saved from having to go to hell. We're saved from uh, the judgment that we are due because of our sin. And so Jesus says, if you enter through me, you will be saved. You will be kept safe from all of that. You will know salvation. In other words, you will have eternal life. You will have the security and the confidence of knowing that you are right with God and you will go to be with God forever. Uh, one of the amazing things and promises that Jesus makes comes earlier in John's gospel, and it's in John chapter 6, verses 39 to 40, and Jesus says this, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. That, that's what Jesus is talking about here. I will save them. I will give them eternal life. For my Father's will, he goes on, is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And again, the promise, and I will raise them up at the last day. So the first thing that Jesus offers us as the gate is that if we enter through Him, we will have eternal security. We will have salvation. We will be kept safe from God's wrath and judgment. We will know forgiveness and, and, and receive God's love and, and an eternal inheritance and hope through the gate. The second thing that we're promised is personal security. If we enter through the gate, Jesus says, we will go in, we will come in and go out and find pasture. They will come in, the sheep, come into the sheepfold, and then they will go out from the sheepfold and find pasture. This speaks to me of freedom. Freedom. We have freedom to come in and freedom to go out, freedom to enjoy the pastures of God, freedom to enjoy the blessing of God, the inheritance of God, and all that God has for us. Well, what, what have we been freed from? 
And earlier on in, in John chapter 8, Jesus has a conversation with the same religious leaders because they, they're struggling to understand that they're in bondage. And, and Jesus talks about how sin enslaves us. And so one of the first things that we can say that Jesus is offering us here is freedom from sin. Jesus says in John 8, 34 to 36, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. That's what Jesus makes us. He makes us sons. And so Jesus goes on to say, so if the son or the gate in our passage sets you free, you will be free indeed. What a remarkable promise. Now the Bible talks about many, many things that Jesus does for us in terms of freedom and personal security. So I just want to focus on four other things. Freedom from sin. Freedom from condemnation. The Bible says in Romans 8, 1-2, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What an incredible promise that Jesus says, if we enter through the gate, we will be free from condemnation. He goes on to say, uh, actually John says in 1 John 4, that we're free from fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and that's already been dealt with because of Jesus, because of His death on the cross. He absorbed and He took upon Himself the wrath of God and the punishment of God for our sin. There is no punishment left for us. And so the one who fears has not been made perfect in love, John can say. So we're free from fear. And the last one is probably one of the most incredible promises we have. We're free from shame. Free from shame. Hebrews 4 tells us that our God sees everything. He knows everything. It says nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account, a terrifying reality. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. And listen to this incredible freedom promise here. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, pasture, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Freedom. Can you imagine that kind of security, that kind of freedom, that we don't have to stay hidden, afraid in the sheepfold, that we can go out into the world, we can go out into the fullness of life that Jesus has come to give, John 10, 10. We can live in this abundant, generous pasture of living freely under our shepherd's watchful eye because we've come through the gate. Imagine not having to be crippled by our insecurities and our fears. Imagine not having to be ashamed before God who sees us and, and knows everything about us, every thought, every word, every deed, every intention, every motivation of our heart. He knows. And, and because we've come through the gate of Jesus, we can have freedom to enter boldly into His presence with confidence because we, are, we know that we are loved. We know how secure we are in Jesus. Imagine the, the freedom of being able to fully be who God's created you and me to be, to, to live the life that God has for us to live, to, to not be afraid of people and to, to not be afraid of what others think or to pursue people's approval because we're so insecure, but to have the freedom that only Jesus can give, give us to come in and to go out and to find pasture. What a, what a wonderful promise that we have.
And I want to show you this picture. And it's a picture of a lion that uh, we saw in Kenya when we were visiting the Masai Mara. And it was incredible because this lion demonstrated, I guess, or uh, exhibited the very freedom that I think Jesus is talking about. He just walked down the middle of this dirt track where all these cars and all these four-wheel drives were trying, climbing around to see. There was people in these, in these trucks that were taking photos and clamoring to see, uh, see this lion. But he was just completely nonplussed by anything that was going around. It was a wide open field. He was not cowering. He was not hiding. He was not worried about any danger. He just walked boldly and confidently and courageously right down the middle of this dirt track. That is the kind of personal security, the personal freedom that Jesus wants us to have as the gate. Because we know that our sins are forgiven. We know that we don't need to fear God's punishment. We know that there is no condemnation for us. We know that our sin has been dealt with, so we're free from bondage to sin. What an incredible offer. The second point that Jesus wants us to grab a hold of is the decision that He calls us to make. Notice that in, in verse 8, Jesus talks about these thieves and robbers. And in, in these verses, we'll find that these thieves, thieves and robbers come up over and over again. And in verse 8, he says, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. So the question I guess I want to ask you is, who will you listen to? Or who should you listen to? Jesus, the gate, or these thieves and robbers? So this raises the question for us, well, who are these thieves and robbers? Well, Jesus says that everyone who has come before me are thieves and robbers. Now, Jesus is not talking about all the godly leaders, you know, like Moses and Daniel and David and um, the prophets like Elijah and um, Isaiah and Jeremiah. No, he's not talking about the faithful people of God. He's specifically talking about the religious leaders of his day, the political saviors that had arisen in the time between, the, uh, between Israel returning back into their promised land and the time of Jesus that sought to liberate Israel from Roman occupation. How do we know that? Because notice in verse 8, Jesus uses the present tense verb, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. So in, in particular, he has in view the religious leaders and the political saviors of his time period, of his generation. And he says, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them because they offer you security. They offer you eternal security. They offer you uh, freedom. But really their promises are empty because these thieves and these robbers, they, they're just there to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, to give you life. So there's the point of decision. That's what we need to wrestle with. Who will we listen to? And why should we listen to Jesus? Well, I think the reason we should listen to Jesus is because if His claims are not true, then as I said at the beginning, He's no different to any other false prophet, false messiah, any other religious system, any other political system that offers so much and yet is an, it's, an empty, it's an empty promise. They can't deliver. And we've seen this throughout human history where well-intentioned pol political leaders, uh, even you know, kings, have come onto the scene of human history offering us hope and security and freedom but only resulting in oppression and slavery and injustice and violence and ultimately death and destruction. Uh, we see it in religion, even the Christian religion that 
draws people into this idea of having to save themselves by the good works they do, by striving and working hard to do enough good things to balance out the scales, to somehow earn God's forgiveness, to somehow earn God's approval and to be okay. And, and all it leaves us with is this lingering fear, this lingering uncertainty, this lingering bondage that maybe we haven't done enough. Well, Jesus offers us freedom from all of that. And see, the thing is, we need to ask ourselves, well, what does Jesus do to back up his claims? Is Jesus worth trusting, believing? How is he different to any of the other leaders? Well, this is where I love the fact that Jesus is the gate because he places himself on the ground where he lays down his life. And we'll see next week when he talks about being the shepherd, he talks explicitly about laying down his life for the sheep. That's why we can trust Jesus, because Jesus is not in it for himself. Jesus is not in it to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus is in it, as it were. He's here to rescue us, to free us, to bring us hope, and he's willing to put his life on the line to do that. You know, I've talked to people uh, from other religions and, and, and engaged with this question of, do they really have eternal security? And for many people, that's a, a, a big struggle. And I'm reminded of my mom on her deathbed because she knew Jesus. And I remember the confident assurance that she had because her sins were forgiven, because she knew that there was no shame, that there was no condemnation. She knew that there was no fear for her because her punishment had been paid for by Jesus. She had such an incredible peace and a security. That's why I want to suggest to you Jesus is worth listening to because there are thousands of people in every nation of the world who have come through the gate of Jesus and found Jesus' claims to be true. So I guess that leads us to this question that our culture will want to ask us, ask Christians, how can Jesus make such an arrogant and exclusive claim? How can he say that he is the only way to enter into God's kingdom, to enter into God's sheepfold, to have eternal life? You see, and, and Jesus does make that claim here very, very boldly. In verse 9, he says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Through me will have eternal life. Through me will be kept safe. And the through there in the Greek is emphatic. Jesus doesn't give any other option. How can Jesus make such an arrogant claim? Well, hopefully I've explained to you maybe some ways that we can think about that. But I think a better question to ask is why would we not trust Jesus' claim? Why would we not want to receive Jesus' Jesus's invitation? Why would we not want to accept what He's offering us when He has demonstrated His love, when He's demonstrated His commitment by laying down His very life for you and for me? Why would we not? Why would we not? Why would we choose to listen to the, the thieves and the robbers who are here to steal, kill, and destroy and not listen to the one who says, I came to give you life, and I came to give it to you in the full. I came to give you life as it was meant to be lived in all of its fullness and grandeur. Why would we not listen to this Jesus? Well, as I conclude, I want to leave you with this thought. Even though it seems really exclusive, the gate is open. As we saw in that picture, it's not shut off. But the reality is the gate metaphor is so insightful at this point. And this is where it brings us to a point of decision. Because you're either inside or you're outside. With any door, you're either outside the door or you're inside the door. There is no third option. 
And Jesus makes it clear here that He's the only way in. It's only through Him. But the gate is open and the invitation is extended for anyone. And the invitation goes out for all. And Jesus is offering His forgiveness. Jesus is offering His life. Jesus is offering freedom from sin, eternal salvation, eternal life. He's offering all of that to you, to me, to anyone who would put their trust in Him. So the question is, will we? Will we put our trust in Jesus? The last thing I want to share with you is the story of Noah's Ark. And many of you would be familiar with this story. Uh, if you've been to Sunday school or Bible uh, class, you would have come across this story at some point. Or maybe you've seen the movie. Um, but this idea that Noah was building this ark and the people around him completely ignored it. And it, the Bible tells us that Noah went out and preached and offered salvation by inviting people to come into the ark. But they didn't. And there came a day when God's judgment came and the rains came and the ark door was closed. And the Bible says that only Noah and his family and all the animals that were with him were saved. Everybody else perished. And I want to say to you that the gate is open right now. The opportunity is there for you right now to receive God's forgiveness and grace and to come into God's fold and to be kept safe for all eternity. Don't delay. Don't put it off explore Jesus, find out more about Jesus and His claims, and, and consider what He is saying and what He is offering to you, eternal life only through Him. And so I encourage you, if you're checking out our services and you don't know Jesus, that you would take the next step. I encourage you uh, at the end of this service to take down the information about joining our online Alpha, which is an opportunity for you to explore the truth claims of Jesus, to ask questions, and to really dig deeper into who Jesus is and what He is offering you and me. If you're a Christian, I want to encourage you as you reflect on this incredible metaphor that Jesus uses to ask yourself, are you living in the security that Jesus came to give you? Are you living in the freedom that Jesus came to give you? Jesus says that if you come in through Him, you will be saved. Are you living in the fullness of that salvation? Jesus says if you come in, you will come in and go out and find pasture. Are you living in the blessing and the inheritance that we have as God's sheep, as God's people who have come in through Jesus? In John 10.10, 10, the famous verse, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Are you living in that fullness? And if not, I encourage you, continue to press into God, seek God, hunger for His presence, pressing to Jesus because that is the life that He came to give. That is the offer that He extends to all of us. And He says, come into me, come through the gate and enjoy the blessings of the life that I came to give. Why don't you bow your head with me and close your eyes and just take a moment to reflect on the things that I've shared and then I'll pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is the gateway into eternal life. We thank you that you sent him to die on the cross for our sins, that we might be reconciled to you and that we might be able to come in and go out from your presence into the world with full assurance and freedom that we are loved, forgiven and accepted by you. I pray that you will grip our hearts with that truth so that we would live in the security that Jesus brings. And Lord, for those who are listening and watching who don't know you, 
I pray that they would take the next step of exploring who Jesus is and the claims that he made. And Lord, that you would speak to them and make yourself real to them, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would come to know Jesus as the gate that leads to life. Pray your blessing to rest on us as we continue to reflect and think about these things this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.